0: You're listening to Success Stalkers Radio, episode 72, with pro basketball player, motivational speaker, author, and entrepreneur, Dre Baldwin.
1: So since you're already stalking success by listening to this show, understand that it is your job, it is not your option, it is not if it comes, it comes, it is your absolute obligation to become successful. Hey everybody, this is Ian Floyd with the Love and Sensibility Podcast. You know, when I want to get inspired to take action, this is exactly where I come, to my girl Iona Garrett on the Success Stalkers Radio Show. Success. 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 Welcome to the Success Stalkers Show with Iona Garrett. Success. Success. People all over the globe are rewriting the rules for success. They are making money, and changing the world. Join Iona as she interviews today's top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and entertainers that will lead you inspired to take action and achieve success on purpose. So if you're ready, here's your host of the Success Stalker Show, Iona Garis.
0: Hey, hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of A Success Stalker Show. I am your host, Iona Garrett. And oh, my goodness, you guys are in for a fantastic treat today. I am here chatting with the the super talented, the one and only Dre Baldwin. So welcome to the show, Dre.
1: Oh, Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: We're excited to have you here. You know, Dre, I'm not sure if you know this, but we have a model here at Success Stalkers Radio, and that is until you become successful, stalk those who already are. So can we stalk you today?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I'll be looking in the rear view.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, Dre Baldwin has brought basketball training to the internet, leveraging that foresight into brand names and growing a business empire. During his nine years as a professional basketball player, Dre began publishing workout and motivational messages to YouTube in 2006. Dre now has over 4,500 videos online and has been viewed over 30 million times by his 100,000 plus subscribers. Dre, or Dre All Day as his fans know him, brings his work on your game brand and philosophy to his marketing and branding professional speaking businesses. He's authored five books, including The Mirror of Motivation. So, Dre, take a minute, fill in some of the gaps to that intro, and let us know a little bit more about you personally.
1: Oh, Thank you, Iona. Thank you for the, the uh Wonderful introduction. Also, uh, my name is Dre Baldwin. I can confirm that and people <laughs> do know me as Dre all day. You know, I'm from Philadelphia. I'm uh, living in South Florida now. And my background is as a professional athlete, as you said. You know, I grew up in Philadelphia. I was always raised by my by my mother and father to you know go to school, get a good education. You know, get your degree, get a job, and I did uh, a percentage of that, but not all of it. You know, coming up, my mother's an educator. She had my sister and I reading at a very early age. Was led to my love of reading and writing to this very day. It led to me reading so many books. Is where I got a, a lot of my knowledge and skills from. Went to school at Penn State Altoona, a Division three sports school. Graduated from there after playing basketball four years, three and a half years really. And <clears throat> coming out of there, I knew the number one thing I wanted to do was be a professional athlete. But at the time, nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew my name. I didn't have much of a resume. So what I did was I had to go to a professional exposure camp. And for those who don't know what that is, professional exposure camp is somewhere to a job fair. And all of you know what a job fair is. You put on your best suit, you print out your resumes, and you go to this fair, you shake hands, you smile, and you hand out your resume and your business cards and you exchange information with people who could possibly hire you and put you in a better position in your career. So a basketball exposure camp is the exact same thing. But with athletes, instead of us putting on suits and shaking hands, we put on our sport equipment and we actually play our sport in front of people who observe and choose they basically look at us and try to identify who's the player who can most help my organization so the same way that an engineer can help an engineering company basketball coaches pick players who can help their basketball team so I went to that exposure camp I played well at that camp and what I had was a tape of my performance at that camp and at the time I needed that tape so I could show it to other agents I could show it to other teams around the world and say hey this is my resume right here. Because in sports, your resume is not what you write down on paper. Your resume is what you can actually do on the court. So when I had that game footage on tape, I said, this is like my entire career right here, this footage. But the challenge was, at the time, it was on what we knew back then as a VHS tape. And Iona, I know you know what a VHS tape (laughs) is. Of course I do. (laughs) Some people might not remember what a VHS tape is or not even know. (laughs) So I got it off this VHS tape. I went and got it transferred. I went to an audio-visual store, Mm -hmm. got it transferred onto a CD. That CD I put into my desktop computer at the time at my parents' house and put it on this brand new video website that only a few people were talking about. It was called YouTube.com. Oh, yeah. This was in
0: 2005.
1: Wow. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I only put the video on YouTube just so I had somewhere to keep it because I knew I wouldn't be able to keep track of a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And I knew VHS was kind of you know, going out of style. DVD was the thing at the time. So I said, let me just put it somewhere that I can be able to safe keep it for years. So when I'm 50. 60, 80 years old, <laughs> right. and I tell my grandkids, hey, I used to be good at basketball. They can't just roll their eyes at me. Mm-hmm. I have to you know, So that's why I put the video on YouTube. And what I found out, I went back to the site because I forgot all about it. I went back to the site probably about two or three months later, and what I found out was that a bunch of people had watched the video and they were leaving comments on the video like, hey, who do you play for? Where do you come from? Who taught you how to play? How do you practice? How much time do you spend in the gym? They were just asking me all these questions about basketball. And I was really surprised about it because I knew nobody knew my name. I hadn't even played professionally yet. I went to a small school. I didn't have any accomplishments in basketball, but these kids were asking me questions as if I was like Michael Jordan. Wow. Love it. What I realized was that there was a void in the marketplace. There was nobody in basketball putting out content digitally on the internet. Nobody. So I started making more videos just in response to the questions I was getting. Somebody asked me, hey, how do you work on jumping higher. I made a video talking about jumping. So he said, how do you work on dribbling? How do you work on shooting? How do you work on defense? So I started making videos covering every topic that I was seeing in the comments, just going off the energy of the fans who were watching my content. And I still didn't take YouTube too seriously. In my first, let's say, two to three years on YouTube, I put out probably about 30 or 40 videos. Mm -hmm. Every few weeks, maybe every couple months, I would record something and not even edit it for two months because I wasn't taking YouTube that seriously. And it wasn't until 2009 that I started taking YouTube serious. I decided to publish a video every single day because I was going to the gym every day. Why not just make a video every day? True. <laughs> but the challenge was the thing about being, if anybody thinks about what they do for a living, especially in sports, is not like every single day. If you go to work every day, 365 days straight, you're not doing 365 different things. You're usually doing probably about five to 10 things mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again. So my challenge was when I decided to try to publish a video every single day was, listen, I don't know, I don't even know 60 days worth of new things to make (laughs) basketball videos about. So I figured I I wouldn't even last a month doing this technique. But that was in the fall of 2009. So here we are six years later. I have not missed a single day since then. Now I have over 4,500 videos published to YouTube. And I talk about every area of basketball, not only on the court, but also off the court what I found over the years is more and more people have come onto YouTube there are a lot of people now doing the this is how you practice this is how you do this move this is how you dribble this right. is how you jump higher but I realized that I was able to offer value in another way in addition to just being a basketball player not saying anything on cameras that I'm able to empower a lot of young athletes and young people in general just talking about the areas of motivation talking about inspiring yourself to do what you had to do being persistent having self-discipline having the confidence to do what you want to do, having the confidence when you get into the game that you can play as well in front of 10,000 people as you play when you're in the gym alone by yourself. And that's a major challenge that a lot of athletes have. They have that performance anxiety. So I've been able to address those topics. In addition to now, as people have seen me evolve, they start asking me questions about business. Like, Dre, how did you get into professional speaking? You know, what drove you to write a book? How do you come up with the topics for your motivational videos? How How are you able to be so consistent in publishing content? How did you get into, you know, having a marketing business, having a branding business? How did you what drove you to want to become an entrepreneur? So they start asking me all these other questions because they see they see the evolution of the things that I'm doing and the topics that I talk about. And they hear about the stuff that I share, like interviews like this one. When I share this on my social media, people like, Dre, how did you even get someone to be (laughs) interested in interviewing you? And I start talking about this stuff, too, because obviously a lot of athletes. I'm not sure if you ever seen that NCAA commercial where it says we have. Hundreds of thousands of athletes, most of them will be going pro in something other than sports.
0: Oh yes, so, mm-hmm.
1: right. So you've heard that before, yes, I and it's absolutely true. Ninety-nine percent of collegiate athletes will never make a dollar playing their sport. That's so true. That's so so true. even though people love the sport that they play, they know a lot of people know in the back of their minds, like, listen, for the next 50, 60 years, I'm be doing something other than playing basketball. So let me let me start thinking about what else I can do. And I feel like me being from the background that I come from. There are a lot of people who look like me, walk like, walk like me, talk like me, sound like me, smell like me, who see me and they say, you know what? This guy comes from the same background that I come from. He likes the same things that I like. He talks the way that I talk and look what he's doing now and they can see more possibilities for themselves because they see me doing it. The majority of people in life are not – majority of people in life I have found don't really know what's possible for them. They only know what's possible based on what someone has told them. So they need to see somebody else do it first. Most people need to see somebody else do something before they believe they can do something.
0: That makes total sense. You know what I love about you, Dre, is that you know, you've know you really been leading the way in the bo- the sports blogging uh, world for a long time before a lot of people were out there doing it. You were already doing it,
1: even by accident. Absolutely. Yeah, I was blogging. Uh, I started blogging, actually, before I put that YouTube video up because I always knew that I wanted to write. So that was the... I wanted to write at first and the videos came later because when I first started blogging, there was no such thing as putting video on the internet. You know (laughs) what I mean? You just had these slow these slow computers that could barely load websites. (laughs) You remember that? Yes, I do. Exactly. So it was no such thing as putting video on the internet. I kind of just stumbled into that, but once I realized what I had in my hands, I took advantage of it.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Wow. We're going to dive even deeper into your journey. I'm telling you, you are just an incredible, fascinating person. When I heard uh, you on another podcast uh, some time ago, I was blown away. So the the fact that you reached out to, you know, to us at the show here, you know, to to inquire about it it was, it was an honor. So I'm just, just excited to have you on the show today. So real quickly, Dre, if you can, what, what are some, are you can tell me maybe a quote that really inspires you. Do you have a favorite quote that you can share with us?
1: Yeah, I mean, my favorite quote is work on your game. And that's my quote. I made that up <laughs> and that came.
0: From... I love it. I was going to ask you about this.
1: <laughs> well, that, I'll give you another one outside of that one. That was just a, a plug. But <laughs> Not the, wrong with it. the work on your game quote, the work on your game quote came from, this was early 2009. This is when I started to do YouTube a little bit more seriously, just a little bit. I didn't really get serious around until around this time of year in 2009. But at that point, I was working out at this gym called 24 Hour Fitness is open all day. So I went to the gym at like, two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. I didn't have nothing else to do. went to the gym. I worked out. And usually when I'm working out, I don't know if you or any of your listeners can relate. All my best ideas come to me like right when I'm finishing a workout because that's when my mind is in that state of what they call flow. I'm not really having to think about what I'm doing. My physiology is activated. Mentally, I'm activated because I'm probably listening to some music that gets me going or I'm doing something that gets me going, like playing my sport, which is something that it's like the law of least effort that Jack Canfield talks about. I don't have to try hard to practice basketball. You know, I work hard, but I don't have to try hard to do it. It's not a hard mental load on me. Right. So I'm in that state of flow, and that's when my best ideas hit me because my subconscious mind can kind of relax, and it starts to deliver me the things that I've been working on mentally, consciously for a long time. Mm-hmm. So while I'm finishing up this workout, it's about 2 in the morning, empty gym, 24-hour fitness. I'm just thinking about all the questions that I started receiving on YouTube. As I started to get popular, I was getting a ton of comments, a ton of emails from people, and they were all asking similar questions. The questions all sounded the same. Dre, can you give me some tips? Can you give me some help? Can you give me some advice? Those are the three three words that I kept hearing. Tips, help, advice. Tips, help, advice. Can you tell me how to get better at this? Can you tell me why I'm not making a basketball team? Can you tell me why nobody passes me the ball? Can you tell me why I play great in practice, but I don't play great in the games? What is it, Dre? How can I get better at this? So when I got done my workout, I had my camera with me. I that started to become a habit. Just bring my camera with me everywhere that I go. Right. That's how I. I mean, you don't get the four thousand videos by happenstance. You <laughs> right. got to plan it out. And so, I turned my camera on at the end of that workout while I was stressing. I just started talking. and I said, "Listen, all you players out there, the reason why you're not making the team, your te- your teammates don't respect you, your coach won't put you on the team." everybody's laughing at you. Nobody really believes you're going to make it in basketball. It's not because you actually can't make it. it's not because there's anything wrong with you. It's because of what you're doing right now. And what you're doing right now is you're sitting in front of a computer on YouTube watching me work, and you're not doing any work. Mm. So what you need to do is turn off YouTube. I told him, like, listen, don't even watch the rest of this video. Just hit the Xbox on this video. Close this video. Get off the. Turn off the TV. Turn off your Xbox. Stop hanging with your friends in the corner. Go to the gym and work on your game. And I put a little bit of colorful language in between those <laughs> four points. But overall, people caught, the, people caught the idea of what I was saying. And yeah. it wasn't, again, it's not the actions, it's the mentality. Because when you had a right mentality, you will figure out the actions. And a lot of times, young people come to me and they always ask me about the actions. Like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? How do I do this move? What do I say to this person? How do I deal with this situation? And it's not really about the tactics of what you're doing, it's the mentality. And when you had a proper mentality... You can get anything done, even if it's going to take some time. So what I try to teach people is not do this, do that, copy me. I don't try to tell people what to do. What I try to do is empower people to start thinking for themselves. And when they get the right mentality, they're going to be able to get stuff done. So that's where the phrase work on your game came from. And what I love about that phrase is that it applies to anything. You don't have to yeah, do I was going to say it applies to every business. Yeah, exactly. Because everybody has a game. A lawyer has a game. A podcaster has a game. If you build computers for a living you have a game if you clean toilets you have a game and you always got to work on your game and be getting better at what you do so that you create value
0: absolutely absolutely i love it i need to get a t-shirt
1: i'll saw your t-shirt yeah yeah no <laughs> doubt
0: All right. Well, our goal here, you know, Dre, is to bring on amazing guests, you know, like yourself, because, you know, obviously you've had successes and you're still, you know, you're quite successful. But I'm sure you would agree that the road to success is not a smooth one. So can you take us back to a specific time or share a story with us, Dre, that maybe, say, when you experienced a possible failure?
1: Oh, I can only name one?
0: (laughs) Well, I guess we only have time for maybe one or two, but uh, just share at least one, you know, one with us and then share with us how you overcame it.
1: Absolutely. we can even go back and relate it to the story about putting out the videos on YouTube. The reason why I didn't even say the reason why I started taking YouTube seriously is because my professional basketball career was not going the way that I wanted it to go. And this is I started playing professionally in 2005. I got my first contract that was in uh, Lithuania. And between 2005 and 2014, played in eight different countries in that nine year span. But during that time period, it wasn't all a smooth ride. You ever see, Iona, I'm sure you and your view and your listeners have seen that chart of success where people think success is like you start at point A and it just goes in a straight line all the way up diagonally. Oh, no. But it's really not that. It's kind of looks like a, a heart, what do they call those things, the machine that tracks your heartbeat where it's going up, down, up, oh, yeah. down, up mm. down, up, down, up, down. That's how success really goes. Right. So – like pistons almost. Exactly, exactly. Down. So in from 2005 to let's say about 2010, I, there were times where I would get a playing contract. There were times when I wouldn't. And the thing is, when you're playing professional basketball, at least from the level that I came from out of college, you don't always know where your next job is coming from. You don't know when your next contract is going to be. You have no idea if or when the next time you're actually going to make money playing basketball. So I'm going in the gym every day working out because I'm like, I don't know if this call is ever going to come. But if and when it does, I have to be ready to go perform when somebody calls me and say, hey, can you come to Germany or hey, can you come to Montenegro and play on this basketball team? I can't not be in shape. So I had to go in the gym and work on my game every single day so that I was ready for any opportunity that would happen to come, even though I had no idea if it was now around 2009, 2010. Now just to give, just to go back in the story, I've always been a, a voracious reader, and I remember reading uh, "Rich Dad Poor Dad" probably right the summer after I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. One of the things he, one of the principles of that book is you want to put yourself in a position where you kind of, kind of control your destiny in some way, shape, or form. And I realized around 2009 that I had no control over my destiny. And what people, a lot of people don't realize from the outside looking in is when you play professional sports. You are still, at least on a team sport level, you're still an employee. You work for the team that pays you. They give you a contract, but they can fire you whenever they feel like it and hire somebody else. So even once you do get hired for a job, because playing on a basketball team is being hired and it is a job because you do have a boss who writes your checks. Even when that happens, you can still be replaced. You can be fired and you have no control over it no matter how much money you're making. So I realized, listen, I need to do something that I have control over. But at the same time, I wanted to be something that I actually enjoy. I want to be able to do something that I actually like doing for a living while also being able to produce an income from it, but also have control over it. So I was just thinking, what is it? What is it that I'm doing right now that I can still be involved in basketball, still, you know, express myself, share Mm -hmm. my thoughts with people, still interact with people on the internet, because those are the three things I wanted to combine. Basketball, number one, communicating with other people, number two, and, me just being able to fully express myself, number three. And right there under my nose was I already had my website, which is DreAllDay.com, my YouTube channel. And that's when I realized, you know, why don't I start treating this like a business? And that's when I started making videos every single day. That's when I started blogging more consistently. That's when I started you know, responding. That's when I started getting 10 emails a day from people from all different walks of life. I started taking it more seriously. And what I had, what I started doing at that time, I owned it without even knowing it, was I was creating and cultivating a personal brand, and this is before anybody was even using the phrase personal brand. That didn't really become a. That became like a buzzword. Let's I think maybe three, four years ago. Yeah, That's just the, co- just a couple
0: years ago. Yeah. yeah, that
1: just recently became the thing. Now everybody has a personal brand, right? But back then, 2009, 2010, nobody was saying that word. And I remember I was talking to my sister, who's a year older than me. And she has every degree you could possibly get from college. And she said, she said, Dre, you created a brand. And she said, you know, I'm proud of what you're doing. You created a brand out of the stuff that you do. And that's exactly what I did. So the failures that I was going through to answer your question was the fact that my career was up and down, up and down, up and down. And a lot of people, people have no idea how, how stressful it can be to, be to live in that uncertainty every single day when you have no idea. What, when the next success, quote unquote, is going to come in your career. i oh, sure. I mean, and your success is also tied to the fact that whether or not you can, you know, keep your cell phone turned on or keep your lights mm-hmm. on. <laughs> right. So that right. was definitely a time where it was up and down, up and down. I never considered quitting basketball, but I knew that what I was doing, if I projected that out for the next, I don't remember who said it. But somebody said, think about the path that you're on right now. Think about what you're doing right now every single day. And project it out for the next five years. If you keep living like this, will you be happy with what will happen over the next five years? And I knew that waiting for that call every single day, month after month after month, wasn't gonna work for me. So I had to make a change. And it was actually, it was probably only within the last two years that I actually started to like the months of September and October. Because what people don't know is that when you play sports, when you play basketball, and you play overseas. Usually when players have contracts, they leave the states and go to their team in the months of August, September and October. So I used to hate those months because there would be so many years where I didn't get a contract <laughs> during those months. <laughs> yeah. All the weather's not warm anymore. It's getting cooler outside. I can't play outside anymore. Everybody's either going back to school or back to their playing job. And here's me sitting on the computer sending emails every day. So I, I started to hate the fall months, but now I love them again.
0: Love it. Wow. I just love your story, Dre. Wow. Okay. Wow. So let's go forward. Okay. Because I want you to share a quick story if you can, um, let's say on your journey when you had, let's say that aha moment. I I it sound, sounds like I heard quite a few in your story already, but can you take us back to say an aha moment, a specific time that impacted your, your, your career?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I get aha moments all the time. own is when I get emails from young players. When I get comments on Facebook or I get a tweet from somebody who says something to me like, Dre, listening to your content or watching your videos or reading about your story, it really changed my life. It made me feel a lot better about myself. It made me realize that to see you because they see me as their picture of of someone who's successful. And my definition of success is someone who gets to do what they want to do. Basically, that's what success is. Someone who's doing what they want to do and they're pursuing doing what they want to do. Yes. And they see me as being that successful person. They say, "Okay, I see you as a successful person, but I realize that you've gone through all of the same struggles that I'm going through right now. I realize that you had the same thoughts going through your head about possibly not making it in basketball or having that uncertainty about what's going to happen with your life. That I'm having right now. And the fact that you're able to put that stuff out there and be open with everybody and share that with us makes me, and this is what they're saying to me, it makes me believe that I can do the exact same thing. So I really appreciate you sharing that information. So when people tell me that, that's an aha moment for me that motivates me to keep putting out content. Because sometimes what a lot of people don't understand is when you're putting out that much content on the Internet and you have a lot of followers and stuff like that, Most of the most of your followers don't really say nothing to you. I tell people 95% of your fans will never reach out to you. You'll never get an email from them or a tweet or a Facebook post, or nothing. It's only the 5% the vocal minority is what they call it. They're the 5% who always messaging you always commenting on everything you put out. But Mm -hmm. 95% of them never say anything. They just quietly following you and you'll never know who they are. They could walk right past you in the mall they won't say nothing to you. But it's only- <laughs> Dre,
0: you're right, you're right. Because you know what? I have some of the same people that will comment on you know things that we'll put out. But our follow- I can look at our analytics and see if we have a lot of people listening to the show. But, of course, not all of them respond or send us emails. So exactly. Right.
1: Most of them won't say anything. So when those people reach out to me and they tell me, like, Dre, you know, the stuff that you put out has really helped my life. It's helped me in business. It's helped me in my sport. It's made me take a whole new outlook on life. I see new possibilities for myself. That's really the aha moment for me. So whenever those come, that's the moment where I say, you know, I need to keep putting out more content because there are more people who I can empower to be better in their own lives. And I've always read that that's the definition of a leader, a person who inspires other people to do more and be more.
0: Right, right. Well, I tell you, you're definitely making an impact, uh, you know, on this world, in the world, because, you know, when I first heard you a few months ago, I actually wrote your name down. And I remember writing your name down in my notebook. And I said, because I have a list of people like that I want to have on the show or people I'd like to interview. And I wrote your name down. So when you, you know, messaged me, I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, I remember writing this name down. So And it just goes to show you that, you know, what you think about and what you constantly pursue, because I am a success stalker, you know, that's why we're doing this show. And um, so, (laughs) but um, I I just, I love everything about your platform and your brand. And I'm telling you, the best is yet to come for you. I see it.
1: I really do. Thank you very much. I agree. (laughs) I agree.
0: Well, my next question, Dre, is uh, I know you're a success stalker too. So Mm -hmm. tell us, do you have any new projects that you're working on that you're excited
1: about? Absolutely. Right now, what I'm working on, I'm working on a a few businesses right now. One main thing is a professional speaking business. When I was looking at the end of my professional athlete career, I knew I needed an exit strategy. Like, What else am I going to do? I need a reason to get up in the morning every day. And being that I was already a few thousand videos deep on YouTube, I knew I wanted to get into speaking because I knew I had a unique message and a unique angle from which to share that message with audiences out there. And I already had all this seasoning and doing the YouTube videos. And people would tell people would sometimes ask me, like, Dre, you ever thought about being like a professional speaker or a motivational speaker? Because they said, you know, you're so good at speaking on camera. The only reason I got good at speaking on cameras is because I did it so much without <laughs> even thinking about it. It wasn't a plan. Right, right. But when you make a thousand of anything, you do anything a thousand times, you're going to get pretty good. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I knew I wanted to get into professional speaking. I just had to figure out, you know, what's my... How can I package myself? What is it that I'm delivering that there's not anybody else out there already giving the exact same things? The last mm-hmm. thing I wanted to be is a commodity in the business because there's no value in being a commodity. So I wanted to get in, get into professional speaking. I'm actually doing a TEDx talk on November the 12th down here in South Florida.
0: Oh, awesome! Okay,
1: yeah, the topic is going to be self discipline. So that is coming up. That's Thursday, a week from two weeks from this Thursday down here in South Florida. It's called TEDx West Broward High. So anyone wants to come get tickets, you can get it at TEDxWestBrowardHigh.com.
0: Love it. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Oh, yes. Thank I you. love TEDx. So you're doing a TEDx talk. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, with Dre, this is my favorite part of this interview. What's the one thing that held you back from becoming an entrepreneur before you got started?
1: Not having the knowledge that being an entrepreneur was a possibility for me. I grew up in a family of employees. There weren't many entrepreneurs. they, None of them seemed to really enjoy going to work, but it seemed to be what they spent half of their waking lives doing. And that's the only thing I knew. That was what I was taught, was that you go to school, get a degree, get a job. So I had no idea being an entrepreneur was a possibility for me. The only thing I knew about being an entrepreneur was that Entrepreneur to me meant rich. It equaled rich. And I remember one day I asked my mom when there was a presidential debate going on when I was very young. I said, Mom, I heard about these two parties. I said, Mom, are we Republicans or Democrats? And she said, we're Democrats. And I said, well, why are we Democrats? And she looked at me and said, because the Republicans only work for the rich people. So I said, "Okay, well, by deductive reasoning, I guess that means we're not rich. (laughs) <laughs> what I knew about rich people was that uh, what I knew about entrepreneurs was that those are the rich people with the big house with the grass out in the front and they had the nice cars and nobody around me fit that description so I didn't know it was possible for me so that's what kept me from being an entrepreneur
0: Wow, wow Well Dre, tell us a daily habit that you have that um, say motivates you or you know keeps you going
1: Absolutely, every single day the first 10 minutes before I go to sleep and at least the last 2 minutes the first 10 minutes after I wake up and at least the last 2 minutes before I go to sleep I'm looking at or reading something that motivates and or inspires me. So some people have vision boards. I don't keep a vision board, but I keep a a folder or something in my on my phone or on my computer mm-hmm. of maybe pictures of things that motivate me, quotes, maybe clips that I got out of a book, maybe a tweet that somebody posted that I like, maybe a picture, even a picture of myself that motivates me. Something that makes me feel, something that sets my day, something that sets me on pace, I guess, is a, for lack of a better term, for a positive day, for a positive expectation, for wanting to go out there and keep achieving success. And so I, every morning when I wake up, that's the first thing that I look at, and every night before I go to sleep. And the reason for that is when you first wake up, your mind is very open to any influence. So, just so think true. about if you think about if somebody, instead of having cereal for breakfast, you ate a bag of Skittles for breakfast, you're going to feel terrible all day because you put junk in your body. So if you start the day putting junk in your mind, you're going to get the exact same thing out. And when you go to sleep, imagine if you ate a bag of Skittles before you went to sleep. You're not going to be able to sleep too well because that junk is bothering your body. Your body is processing that junk. It's the last thing it has to go off of during that eight hours that your subconscious mind is going to work. So when you give your subconscious mind something positive to think about, something motivating and inspirational to to marinate on during that eight hours that you're sleeping, That's what it's going to deliver to you. And anybody can use this example. I got this out of Napoleon Hill's book, The Law of Success. Mm -hmm. It's if you were to tell your mind that you need to wake up at, let's say, four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning. Let's say that's the time you wake up every day and then one night you forget to set your alarm, you'll find that you'll wake up at that exact time without the alarm even going off. That is so true. Exactly. Why is that? That's because you've already told your subconscious mind so many times over and over and over again that we get up at five o'clock. So even right. if you forget the alarm. You'll wake up at that time. And even if it's a day where you don't have to go to work and you don't even you're not even going to get up early. Guess what? At five o'clock you wake up. You like wide awake at five o'clock. Like, why am I awake? This is the day that I want to sleep in. So this is what happens with your subconscious mind. You deliver it anything enough times over and over and over again. It will start delivering it right back to you in your actual life.
0: That is so true. I'm so glad you, you kind of you know gave us that analogy because that happened to me just the other day. I'm like, wow, I forgot to set the alarm, but I still popped right up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Our, bodies can, our minds are conditioned. Mm-hmm. It's true. So what's the best advice, Dre, that you've ever received uh, and who gave it to you?
1: Mm, the best advice I've ever received, actually... I'll, the best advice I ever received was kind of indirect. My best teachers in life have been you no know, books, been audio programs. And the best advice I received is probably something that's fresh on my mind right now. I read from this guy named Grant Cardone. I'm sure. You oh, yes. I
0: know Grant. Yes.
1: <laughs> and one of the things he says in one of his books is success is your job is your obligation. It is your duty. It is your duty to be successful. And being a this is success stalkers, that's the perfect piece of advice. It is your job to be successful, number one, because it will provide for your well-being, number two, your family's well-being, and number three, it creates possibilities for everybody else in the world to see that if this person can be successful, so can I. So we are all all required to be successful, and the thing about success is it's not a zero-sum game. It's not like a basketball game where one wins and everybody else loses. Everybody can be successful because success is not something that you obtain. Success is something that you create.
0: That's right. That's right. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, what book? I know there's a plethora of books you could recommend, but could you recommend maybe a few books uh, to our listeners that have really inspired you?
1: Absolutely. That's a a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, I'll tell you my favorite book by my favorite author is The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Number two, I say The 33 Strategies of War by Robert Greene. Number three, The 50th Law by Robert Greene and 50 Cent. <laughs> Number four, Relentless by Tim Grover. He was Michael Jordan's basketball trainer. Number five, I would say Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Number six, The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. Number seven, Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Number eight, uh, Buy a Game. That's by this guy named Dre Baldwin who makes videos on YouTube. <laughs>
0: Love it, love it, love it. Well, I definitely hope I can get an autographed copy of that one.
1: Absolutely. You can actually get that for free. Anyone can get that for free on my website at dreallday.com slash list, L-I-S-T.
0: Awesome. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, my last question, Dre, is I want you to just imagine for just a moment that you lost it all. Let's just say you woke up tomorrow morning to a brand new world, and let's say your food is taken care of and your shelter's is taken care of, but you lost everything and you're starting all over again. Yeah. What would you do within the next, what would the first seven days look like in your business? What would you be doing?
1: Do I have a phone? You have a phone. I have an internet connection? Uh, No. All right. Well, I would go somewhere like a Starbucks or a library, anywhere that is free internet. I would turn on the camera on my phone and i start recording. I record 100 videos a day, every single day. And then I would come up with a course, online course. There are plenty of places you can put courses online for free and split the money with the platform host. And I start making courses online about the things that I know, about playing basketball overseas, about confidence, about motivation, about inspiration, about being self-disciplined, about doing what it is that you want to do and going after as if it's your obligation, as if it's your job, as if it's your duty. I would start making those courses. I would make money off it. I would find people to help. i go out and talk to people like, hey, how can I help you? What is it that I can do for you? I'd help them, and I write down how I help them. I make a video about how I help them, and I would just publish more content starting from scratch and anybody else.
0: oh my gosh, I love it! I got so much out of what you just said, <laughs> oh my goodness,' Because you know what it's all about content, That's and i I really, really understand why you're so successful because you really are you know you're the answer to a lot of people's pain points, you know you found you're you're the solution to their pain points so. <laughs> That's good stuff. Good stuff. You. Well, Dre, hearing your journey today has truly been inspiring. And, you know, before we end, if you can give our listeners one last piece of guidance and then share with them how they can find you and then we will say goodbye.
1: One last piece of guidance I would give to your listeners is that same that same piece of advice that I just shared that I just recently heard. It is that success is your obligation. And understand that one person being successful does not mean You can't be successful. And actually, you should be happy when somebody else is successful because every time someone becomes successful, what it does is open up possibilities for other people who see that success to believe that they can also do it. So understand that most people in life won't believe they can do something until they see somebody else doing it. So you who's listening to this right now, there is somebody out there in the world who's going through pain right now. They're going through a period where they feel like they're alone. And it's been studied. It's actually been shown scientifically That when somebody's feeling isolated and by themselves, they experience the same pain that they would feel as if they broke their leg or broke their arm. So there's someone going through pain right now because they feel like the challenges and the valleys that they're going through in life are there. They're the only one going through it. Nobody's ever had it this bad. And it is your duty who's listening to this right now to become successful and become a story instead of a statistic so that you can show that person. So that person can hear your story, hear your journey, see you as a success, and they can say, oh, you know what? That person went through what I went through. That person's had the challenges that I'm having right now. That person comes from where I came from and look what they did. Listen to their story. Now I believe I can do it. So every one of you who becomes successful, understand that you empower another thousand people just by being successful without ever even meeting that person because they need to hear your story. They need to see your face. They need to know that it's a possibility. So since you're already stalking success by listening to this show, understand that it is your job. It is not your option. It is not If it comes, it comes. It is your absolute obligation to become successful.
0: So powerful. Wow. Nothing else to say after that. (laughs) Wow. You are just truly, truly an amazing person. Thank you so much, Dre Baldwin, for being with us today. I know our listeners have gotten some incredible takeaways from you. I know I have, you know, and they can also find the links to everything that we'll be talking about. And if you can share with our listeners how they can find you.
1: Uh, number one place that I've been really using a lot right now is Periscope. So I'm on Periscope at Dre All Day. The places I have been for the last 10 years and will always be, you can find me on my website, which is dreallday.com. My YouTube channel, you can find us going to Work On Your Game. That's workonyourga.me, work on your game. Twitter is at Dre All Day. Instagram is Dre Baldwin. Facebook is backslash workonyourgame. And you probably won't remember any of those. So just Google me, Dre Baldwin, and you'll see everything come up.
0: We'll make sure that we put all the links
1: to everything that you mentioned to <laughs> on the
0: show notes page. So don't worry, we'll make sure it's all there. And we appreciate you for just being so generous with your time and so transparent with your journey today, Dre.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Um, and all, to all of our listeners, for everyone listening out there, thank you for tuning in because we are Inspiring Radio for aspiring entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Iona Garrett. And until our next episode, keep stalking success. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Success Stalkers Radio. If you'd like to hear more from these inspiring entrepreneurs and entertainers, be sure to subscribe to the Success Stalkers Radio podcast on iTunes. And if you found value in this episode, give us a review, hopefully five stars. You may also visit us at successstalkers.com. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you.